Welcome to episode 40 of the Hike or Die Outdoor Adventure podcast. Craig, the big four zero, mate. Can you believe it? 40 sounds good to me. <laughs> Our little baby has just turned 40. I can't believe it. Ah, so cute. Uh, anyway, let's play the music, mate. Thank you, as always, to our regular podcast sponsors for their support. Topo Maps Plus, a phone application that allows you to view topographical maps and track your location even without cell phone coverage. Go deeper into the backcountry. Rios Floating Polarized Sunglasses with 100% UV protection for the love of water. Bluey Merino, Australian superfine merino wool base, mid and top layer garments. Where our story ends, yours is just beginning. Caribbean, one of Australia's leading backpack, travel and outdoor brands. They supply us with dry bags, waterproof day packs and expedition bags. Supporting our sponsors allows us to continue to produce this podcast. So please jump online and check out what they have to offer. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast today and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners. Craig, how are you, mate? What's, what's going on? G'day, Tom. Oh, good, mate. I'm having a good day. It's um, great to be here with you doing this shit again. Yeah. It's <laughs> Can we start huh? again? I'm sorry, man. That's, no, you can't. This is locked in. This has been... I mean, bloopers. Drinking a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, I think. I don't know. <laughs> we talked over each what other. I thought there? we were going to stop. I don't what know. No, it's all good. We were just man. at the beginning. It's, you it's always perfect. talk over me. We don't stop in the middle, but this is at the start. No. Surely. It's a uh, illegal move. Oh. So you got to live with that <laughs> error. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, that's good. Good, good. <laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> what is in that drink of yours? Oh, this oh, suspect. There's, there's nothing in that drink. Boy, oh boy, has a lot happened since we last recorded. What a what a roller coaster, mate. It has. Yep, absolutely. Um, I don't even know where to start. Well, I, I guess I'm just going to briefly touch on it. And then, uh, and then I'll go into the normal stuff. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, tell us what's been happening. Well, I do want to say that if you listen to the last... What am I talking about? Of course you listen to the last episode. Mm. When you listen to the last episode, we... <laughs> it's so bad. We at length spoke about how uh, um, smart we were and... For, for not going on that hike, right? We gave ourselves big props for We gave that. ourselves big props for Staying knowing home. when to say it's too dangerous and unsafe. And uh, yeah. we made the call it's okay uh, to say not no. to go on the hike. It's not, it's fine, you know. Um, but about six hours after we recorded the podcast, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it. We pretty much. We got in the car and went anyway. 
stopped, so stopped recording and, anything, and started packing the cars. Anything that we said that you thought, wow, those guys are so responsible and mature is now all gone. Uh, zero respect for us. Yeah. So I laugh about it. And I mean, we're, we're going to, we'll go into a lot more detail about it because my goodness, it was a heck of an adventure at a really good time. Um, but I'll do that later. Uh, that's just a little teaser for you. So yeah, that's what we've been up to. <laughs> Doing stupid things. Um, the stickers, thanks so much to everyone who's still buying stickers. I'm sending them far and wide across, um, across the whole globe, to be honest. And something I've unlocked, because you have to buy the stickers through uh, Kofi. Uh, links are everywhere you can possibly imagine. Mm. There's, I noticed that I can unlock um, kind of membership privileges. So if you do buy a sticker, that's also seen as a donation and you get to see behind the scenes. So All right. previously we've had locked content in there that you'll now be able to see um, Yeah, if you buy a sticker. And we'll probably try and add to that in the near future, I would think. So there's more work for us, Craig. Yeah, oh, that's good. Will. That's good, mate. That's good. <laughs> um, oh, something else. So thanks again to everyone also who's jumping on the Facebook group, not to be confused with the Facebook page. Um, that group's really starting to grow and lots of people are um, jumping in there and, and yeah, there's some good conversations going. Mostly mm. it's about coffee, but hey, that's fine by me. Mm. Uh, that is the Hodcast uh, Facebook group. And again, if you jump on, for example, if you jump on uh, Instagram and go to our bio, there's a little link in there and one of those links will get you straight to that page. Um, I suggest you jump on because the next thing I'm going to say is Craig and I are talking about doing a, another live stream podcast. Mm -hmm. If you remember the original train wreck that we did <laughs> we love a logistical challenge right we do yeah um nothing like a bit of technical stuff thrown in uh and trying to work across like 15 time zones or something it should be fun yeah so we did that and um we couldn't get video to work it was a real struggle we were doing it through the youtube platform um we ended up you know it was a fantastic podcast we had a great laugh and uh josh one of our listeners and who's also been a guest on the podcast jumped on the Facebook group and said, Hey, when are you doing another live stream? And coincidentally, I'd been thinking about it since we set up the group because the group allows us to very easily do a stream, uh, straight through the Facebook, um, page. So, but it'll be all Josh's fault. If it, if it um, goes, becomes a mess, right? <laughs> yeah, it's 100% <laughs> his fault if it goes pear-shaped this time. Ah, sounds um, like fun. Yeah, sounds so good. we're just working out the logistics of that at the moment, and basically we're just trying to work out a time that... I think we'll do it soon. I think we'll be doing real soon. We've got a few other things. Oh, there's even things I haven't told you, Craig. Um, conversations I've had with particular very interesting guests and... I'm just in the process of having those conversations at the moment. I'm not sure how they will push around mm. our immediate plans, but 
Yeah, in the in the coming weeks, I've got a very very interesting guest, um, awesome story coming up. So I just need to lock that down. The listeners, you guys, and Craig have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'll secretly tell him after the podcast. But I'm not going to secretly tell you. Mm. <laughs> Jeez, I'm in suspense too. Mate. Yeah, you got to wait um, what three hours before I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's speed this thing up. Come on, get going. <laughs> Uh, oh, the last thing I've got to say is on, on the drive here, I was talking to uh, our good friend of the podcast, Rob, Robin. <laughs> that was so wild because you brought the call in here, right? I did, yeah. So I pulled up here and I was still talking to um, Robin from Sweden on a video call and I walked into Craig's studio and said, hey, Craig, come meet Robin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was Speaking to Roman about various things, but also about the pronunciation of the um, Kukafe, because uh, he picked me up on my pronunciation. Well, I was kind of guessing it last time because it was just in a written form, and he said, "I think they uh, they pronounce the instead of coal, it's ku." And sure enough, he sent me a video. Well, actually, the videos in the um, in the the podcast group. And yeah, we did a bit more research and yeah, sure enough, the pronunciation is coffee. There's a real emphasis on the cool. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's cowboy coffee, uh, Swedish style. Right. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Craig doesn't, but I that's do. okay. I still haven't tried it. I haven't tried it yet. No, you've witnessed it. Yeah. I still haven't tried it. Oh, I, should, I, had I want some. to get that coffee stuck in my teeth. There is no coffee. I know. That's that the whole. Stuck in your teeth. That's the whole. That's the oh, whole thing. Get a knuckle sandwich stuck in your teeth. <laughs> talking like that about my cowboy coffee. <laughs> no, it sounds good. Uh, I'll tell you something exciting that's coming up. Again, yep. the the uh, the advice and information that our listeners give us is second to none. Josh reminded us. Well in advance, well in advance, so that we have no excuse hmm. that summer solstice is coming up on June the 21st. Yeah, right. Coincides exactly oh, I know. with World Naked N Hiking Day. Nude Hiking Day. Yeah. And... So we he can't said just you go, have, oh, we accidentally missed remember, that again. That's what happened last year. Oh, we missed it. Last year I saw an article about it and it just <laughs> happened and then we talked about it um, Where are you going afterwards. with this, mate? Where are you going well, with this? Well, he suggested, and I mean, this is I'm just putting it out there to everyone listening. Oh, okay. Um, he suggested a kind of a, um, Austin Powers style kind of scene. Have you seen this scene with the fruit bowl? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you said he could just see um, right. us doing uh, some kind of a, a hiking video like that with, um, you know, carefully placed, um, I don't know, sausages cooking, yeah. cooking over a fire or something and yeah, various items like, um, oh. yeah. So anyway, I've put a lot of thought into it, Craig, and I, you know, I 
agree wholeheartedly and I've signed you up for that. You're so, in. Yeah. I'm in too, right? <laughs> yeah, if I'm in, you're in. I thought the uh, um, the, the, the freezing cold uh, swim in Tassie might be coming out, the videos. <laughs> oh, no. The lost videos. <laughs> the lost videos of Tasmania. Uh, they're not so lost. They're they're in a good... That's three quarters edited, that oh, video. Oh, jeez. Um, I just... I was burnt out. I've spoken to this earlier in another episode i was just burnt out from editing but i'm getting my mojo back and that's why you're starting to see bits and pieces pop up uh on instagram of late oh speaking of which how's that worm did you see i posted that yeah yeah that was amazing oh, man. Eh? yes that that has got so much uh traffic and comments from like what people that have followed us for for ages okay um, yeah right like the if you look at um you know you know you sort of weigh up the comments and the interaction that thing's gone going off like people <laughs> are just their minds blown right um some of the comments are, have you ever seen a giant earthworm like that before no not no not like that no way yeah i've collected um, one once um uh, probably last year but it was it was not as long. It was only half that long. But it was a giant fat worm, like it right. looked like a, a small snake or something. But it yeah. was a worm. Yeah, they're pretty incredible. Oh yeah, that that was crazy. Um, yeah. It was really cool though. Um, no, nah, that was great. Anyway, yeah, so people are loving that, and I chucked a picture up of Skippy the hiking dog as well. Yeah, so, sure. Um, that was awesome. Obviously, you put a dog picture up, and it gets heaps of clicks. So probably um just do heaps of dog pictures now and As our, you would. our instagram will take off giant worms and dogs dogs <laughs> with giant worms on them dogs eating giant worms just anything recipe for to success be with yeah i think i'll change the name of our instagram to dogs and giant <laughs> worms more, more interesting we've ever had <laughs> yes yeah, exactly right reckon? no one cares there's us hiking up an epic mountain um <laughs> in the snow and um people click on the dog yeah. picture so yeah, if i can combine the two then we're really onto something got it yeah. Do- dogs and worms.com cool yeah so look out for that new instagram page sure. <laughs> oh craig this article here i love it so much that um i just love it that i just i mean i could just do a whole podcast on this one article this is so cool it only popped up today, so what perfect timing. You're going to laugh. The 17 worst hiking partners in the world. It kind of puts them into... It labels them. Gives, right. gives them a label. Right. And uh, there's they're really short and sharp, but I've definitely hiked with some of these. Um, some of these are you... And um, I probably, I probably have to concede that there might be one or two of these of me as well. Right, it's my many personalities. That's that's it. Yeah, and then right. and then we, I think collectively, we've both definitely hiked with um, with these types of people at some point. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it'd be funny. Well, we'll get to that later. I thought it'd be funny to maybe list a few more that they don't have in the list because I think I've got a few more. Anyway, I, this is so good that I do want to jump into it in a bit of detail. So, um, the slacker, 
the most exasperating companion hands down, he or she will find any excuse to shirk camp chores, including, but certainly not limited to, setting up, taking down the tent, hanging food, getting water, gathering firewood, cooking, washing dishes. Everything. <laughs> Definitely. That's not you, by the way. Okay. That one's not directed at you. I wasn't sure. Whatsoever. And it says, don't be this person. I agree. Nah, don't do that. I don't really think I've ever hiked with anyone like that, to be honest. Oh, oh when I take my dad on canoe trips, yeah, he's pretty. He just kind of sits there and watches it all go by, but I probably owe him that much. He takes it's it in, mate. He, he takes it in. Out. All this just happens by magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one. <clears throat> Craig, tell me if you know who this is. Okay. The Foghorn. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, but I'm not sure. Um, if you're prone to snoring, oh god, <laughs> pack, pack plenty of nasal strips, and be sure to clue your teammates in before the trip so they can bring earplugs. <sighs> Failure to do so could result in you sleeping outside by force. I confess, <laughs> <laughs> might be, might be me. The funny thing is, almost. Every time I wake you up, and I think it's a combination of being half asleep, almost every time I've woken you up and gone, Craig, Craig, what, what, you're snoring. Was I? Are you sure? Like, <laughs> dude, what are you talking about? You think I'm making this up? I'm the one that's been laying here for 10 minutes awake. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, well, I've been caught out as well. I remember when I did... Uh, the Overland track the second time we I did it with the tour group when mm. I was filming mm. and so we shared we had a roommate two people would share one room and uh, you have six, six nights together or something like that and so we made a pact we would stay we had the same roommate every night and, and between us we made a pact if one of us is snoring no matter what no matter what, you do not feel guilty about waking him up and say, "Hey, buddy, can you? Oh, yeah, can you roll over and just move? Like, don't even hesitate. Don't lay there for two hours and then tell me in the morning. Just tell me." And so we had this pact, and and um, <clears throat> excuse me, every night I'd be like, "Hey, Dave, Dave, yeah, yeah, like, Dave, you um, yeah, just snoring, mate. Oh, okay, sorry, buddy, and he'd roll over. No dramas." And it was getting, it was almost like the last night or second last night. So mm. I was just gradually getting more and more tired throughout mm. the trip and just, uh, as I'd be one of the first ones up in the morning getting all my camera gear ready and then I'd be one of the last ones to sleep, recharging batteries and changing SD cards. And uh, anyway, it was probably like the second last night and uh, I'm sleeping away and I hear this Dave's voice going, Tom, Tom. Oh, what's up? I guess you were snoring. I went, oh my gosh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> so, um, impossible. No, nah, no, nah, it's happened. I've, I've woken myself up before. Yeah. Anyway, um, now on that point, I I don't think I could ever wear earplugs in on a hike. It just doesn't sit well with me. Mm. I couldn't, I don't think I'd be comfortable sleeping in the wilderness. Yeah. 
with earplugs in. It's supposed to be one of our pleasure times, right? Where you're enjoying the well, sounds yeah, no, there's of the that. outdoors. There's definitely that. That's a huge part of it. What's the? I mean, that's like saying hike all that way into the wilderness and put on um, noise cancelling headphones and yeah. and um, something over your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it defeats the purpose. But also, I just think from a safety perspective. You know, if you're camped next to a river or something and the water's rising or whatever, or there's some um, possum tearing shreds off your pack right underneath you and you can't hear it because you're sleeping away. (laughs) (laughs) Wake up in the morning and there's just bits of fluff all over the whole campsite and you go, oh, but I had a good sleep. I feel refreshed to deal with this. (laughs) I didn't (laughs) have to listen to Craig. That's right. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that, but... If I was in a dormitory kind of thing, I'd probably consider it. Um, moving on, the moocher. <clears throat> this is the sort of person who, um, oh, you know, take a bit of your food. Oh, I can have half of that chocolate bar. Before you know it, those snacks you carefully packed and rationed for yourself are nearly gone thanks to the person who didn't bring enough and always wants to borrow yours. Before setting out, make it clear to your group that everyone has to look after their own food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good rule. Um, it happens to my whiskey all the time, right? <laughs> does it? Well, that, yeah, but that's because you forget that you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Tom, you're just drinking whiskey. I don't, I don't drink your whiskey. No. Oh, must have been me. <laughs> uh, the Jeremy chef. It's awfully nice of this person to cook for the entire group, but... For the love of hygiene, sanitize your hands before handling food. Yeah. Um, That's another good tip, actually. They say a pro tip for keeping germs at bay is pour servings of any communal foods, such as trail mix, into individual hands rather than everyone reaching into the bag. Sure, yeah. That just brings back thoughts (laughs) of the the peanuts on the bar at the pub. Yeah. (laughs) The days before COVID. The days before COVID, yeah. yeah. That's right. Oh, jeez. Um, the rearranger. Sometimes gear is where it is for a reason. Moving stuff that isn't yours is a great way to irritate your campmates. That's the dude that kind of, you know, you go for a wander down the stream to take some photos and he's like, oh, what's your backpack doing there? I'll move it over. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> I mean, neither of, neither of us do that. Um, no, but much. it would irritate me. Here's one that I probably am guilty of, Craig. Uh, the thrasher. Getting comfortable in a sleeping bag can be tough. Mm-hmm. Do I sleep on my stomach, my side? What do I do with my hands? But if you're up half the night tossing and turning, you're definitely doing it wrong. Pick a position and stick with it. Related is kneeing and kicking when getting in and out of a two-person tent. Thankfully, we have our own accommodations, but uh, we don't have to share a sleeping. But I do, I do know. Like on that trip the other week, I was making so much noise uh, in the hammock because I had it. I think I had it. um, I had the ridge line too tight, so I wasn't able to sleep um, as flat as I should have. Yeah. Even asymmetrically. So it was really irritating me. And I must have woke up 15 times in the night, which is unusual. And yeah. I know I was tossing around a lot 
But you do wake up through the night quite a bit. I've I've noticed compared to me, like I can sleep through anything, as you know. And um, yeah, I definitely do wake up a lot more than normal person. Maybe because I'm snoring the hell out of it. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that. Bit of both. Um, yeah, maybe something to do with that. No, you don't always snore. Definitely not always. Oh, good. You know, I really thought. No, it's not always. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember hearing you on the last trip. But then it was absolutely pouring with rain. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hear myself think. <laughs> um, next up is the worry wart. Oh, this article, by the way, is um, backpacker.com. It's it's, uh, it's quite a good one. You know, a bit of tongue-in-cheek. This is good fun. So I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, the worry wart after they crawl over you for the umpteenth time. To make sure the fire is out, they'll start searching through every pocket in their pack because they're terrified they forgot their car keys. Mm. Uh, once they start wondering whether they've remembered to turn the stove off at home, you're really in for it. Yeah. Um, the And there's varying, varying levels of that. The perfectionist. You finally made it to your camp spot for the night, but now your partner can't stop micromanaging and nitpicking, whether it's the slope of the rainfly or the rockiness of the ground. Sometimes perfect really is the enemy of good. I think I've definitely hiked with one of them before. Yeah, me too, mate. Which it takes like them an hour to choose their spot and they keep changing. Oh, no, no, no I'm going to do it here. Are you going there? Yeah, yeah well, I'll go here, <laughs> wherever you want me to. Yeah, okay, I'll go here. All right, then I'll go over here. And 10 minutes later, oh, this is no good. This is no good. Like, yeah. I can't hang my hammock properly. Well, do you want my spot? Yeah, yeah, can I? Okay, I'll swap you. I don't care. Like, I don't care. It drives me crazy, man. Just Yeah, you can You can definitely be a bit of a perfectionist um, if you're not careful about it. Uh, the Space Hog. It's not um, some epic sci-fi movie. Like one might think. Everybody loves a good cuddle, right? Wrong. Stay on your side, compadre. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's if you're hiking with cowboys or Spanish people, I think. Uh, the in-house snacker. When you're crammed in a tent with a perpetual muncher, things can get stressful. Uh, not only will your tent buddies eating disrupt your beauty sleep, but those peanut M&Ms, they just pulled out of their pocket. Yeah, bears love those. <laughs> Unless it's the dead of winter. Keep your food out of the tent at all costs. Yeah, That's much more directed at our friends in the US. But I think I'd be horrified if someone whipped a snack out of their pocket and I was hiking or sleeping in the States. Mm, yeah, right. Or Canada or anywhere up there. If, if you whipped out like a granola bar, I'd... I'd kick you out of the tent so fast and just zip it up and not let you back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bait for the large animals. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the nightlight, no matter how badly you need to get up and dig out your lip balm, turning your headlamp on inside the tent in the middle of the night is never cool. I've experienced that in uh, like huts. So when I've had to sleep in huts... Yeah, right. And people will get up in the night or they go to bed later than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So everyone, 90% of people get an early night, right, at those huts. Yeah. 
because it's a massive, usually you're three, four days in and you're pretty tired. But then you get these people that stay up late and then they come into the dorms and they're flashing the damn torch around for like 15, 20 minutes. And that's when they decide to set up their bed and inflate their mattress and, you know, the sound of that synthetic um, sleeping bags against, oh my gosh, drives me crazy. It's always one. Uh, here's one I don't think I've experienced, but it would drive me crazy is the tailgater. We hate it on the highway, and it can be just as stressful on the trail. Leave a few paces worth of distance between you and the person ahead. The hike will be more relaxing for both of you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a tailgater? I'd say so. Yeah. Think so? Except it's I not think, me though, is it? I think we typically move at pace. We move at pace, but we don't move like I'm not stepping on the heels of your boots. Oh no, no, not that's what they're talking tools. about. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're talking about is is being right up in someone's grill. No. No. Not I, these days. I think I'd have something to say if someone was walking behind me that closely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the doorstop. There's definitely a good side of the tent, and it's the door side. Uh, yeah, this one's just kind of a polite one. Um, offer to switch with your tent mates each night as to not hog the prime access spot. That's fair enough. That definitely comes down to... I mean, a lot of these things are talking about people sharing the one tent, which it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like, it doesn't... We have shared a tent before when we do that canoe trip. Mm. And we've shared a tent usually on, like, the day before we hike. If we drive somewhere, we would used to just jump in the tent and crash, and then the next morning throw the tent in the car and grab our packs and go. Hmm. But we never really do it on the trail. It's, like, it's almost like we like our own space once we get out there, isn't it? Yeah. We shared a tent that night. I think you also brought snacks into the tent and a rodent got in, chewed through the tent. 100% happened. Yeah. I had snacks. That was before I you did. knew better. I'm that, what did they call me? What was the name of that one? <laughs> At least there was no bears around. What am I? This, would they have a name for that? Yeah. Oh, the in-house snacker. That was me. Well, I didn't actually snack in there. I just coincidentally you brought had... something in. I had some biscuits that I stole from my kids. Um, it's the ones that go in their lunchbox. Yeah. And I didn't believe you the next day. You said something was scratching around. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, righto. But oh, actually... well, what, No, what happened was in the middle of the night, this it kept scratching right near my face and I kept banging the tent thinking that this thing was trying to scratch in through the tent wall. Yeah. And then after about an hour of this, it was driving me crazy. So I turned the torch on, head, headlamp on, to see what's going on. And it was inside the tent next oh, to my right. face, eating the biscuits. That was the noise. And then when I like tried to hit it, it ran down to my feet and out through this giant hole, which is like half the size of... Like if you put your thumb and forefinger together yeah. and make a circle, that was the size of the hole, like a mouse size golf hole. Ball. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like a golf ball <clears throat> size hole, gone. So I shoved some shirt or something in there and then we slept peacefully for the rest of the night. But uh yeah, that thing I, I slept through that whole thing, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's why you're saying, Oh, I remember you told me in the morning. Yeah, yeah that's because you went 
um, having a, a, it wasn't a mouse. It was one of those bush rat things. It was pretty yeah, big. Yeah. But uh, yeah, geez, wow. Lucky that wasn't a full-size bear or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, we got us all killed. <laughs> those were the days, mate. We don't <laughs> do that anymore, do we? We're not that stupid. No. I do not do that. Uh, the soloist, all for one, one for all, is an alien concept to this person who seems to do every task in single servings, filtering enough water just for one bottle, cleaning one dish, preparing one egg. Not going to win a lot of friends that way. I've hiked with someone like that. I have. It's not you again. Uh, just, it's weird. It's just weird. Right, oh, it's weird. To, yeah. Oh, um, self-sufficient. So you though. just you boil in some water there um, <laughs> for your coffee, like mm, yeah, maybe I could have the other four hundred mils that you're not using. No, that's uh, that's for cleaning up afterwards. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I'll just get my own stove out, and uh, it's just weird. I don't know. You and I often make coffee simultaneously but then on other times we're quite happy to just say hey we'll just just boil one pot and share it totally yeah it depends what mood you're in yeah uh the slob uh you've only been in camp two hours but it already looks like a tornado roared through try and gently point out to your companion that gear is harder to keep track of and thus easier to lose when it's tossed around helter-skelter, I've, I think, yeah, I've been with people that just kind of do that. Like, they almost empty the entire contents of their pack across the campsite yeah, yeah. to get at other things, and yeah, that, yeah. Uh, it's not cool. Yeah, I remember, that, like, when we started thinking, oh, let's take some images around camp, and you realize how much you do just make a mess if you're not careful that's a really good point you know and i remember early photographs you, you look at you you get home thinking oh, i got a great shot of the campsite and you get home and there's you know your underwear hanging off the guy line of your tent yeah, and there's just stuff yeah. all over the ground and you haven't cleaned up after dinner yet and there's some packets in a garbage bag and yeah <laughs> now we're very accommodating it's yeah, we're we're completely different now <clears throat> the pyro this one's pretty funny the person single-mindedly obsessed with starting the fire tending to the fire lighting more things on fire and well that's about that <laughs> yeah easy there smoky they say <laughs> yeah yeah uh we don't really have that so much here because we don't really do that many fires or oh, the party fowler this one you wouldn't like this person Craig the person that uh kicks over the flask oh says here you've got some serious making up to do now pal yeah time to go home mate. <clears throat> have you got any have you got any more you can think of craig <laughs> i've got two i've got two uh i've i've got one that's the you know the loud music at the uh, oh at my the gosh that's a great one yes who's intent on yes polluting we've both, the we've both done that one noise pollution um, no not done as in like we don't do the music but we've both been hiking with that person oh it's been it's <laughs> been you know it's been an option at times for me too but yeah it can be a bit you know dominant, dominant. <laughs> when there's no <laughs> conversations about 
what goes on the music either, of what type of music goes on. Mm. Um, no, I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. That's not a good one. That should be in there though, 100%. I should write at the comment on this article and say, yeah. you forgot the, the, what could I call him? The disco. Uh, the ghetto blaster. The disco dude. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll tell you one. <clears throat> I kind of is slightly related to the slob, but no, I guess it's not really. The person who completely, the repacker, so in the morning, oh, yeah. they completely pull everything out of their pack and basically start again. Yeah. So you're sitting there for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Just sitting there. I'm not even exaggerating when I once sat for an hour waiting for someone and... That can be a perfectionist as well. My, you know? Yeah, it could border into that as well. Yeah, yeah. What about the, uh, I'll call this one the proximity pooper. <laughs> what about the guy who, and I've unfortunately <clears throat> experienced this one, the guy who um, grabs the toilet roll and says, oh, I'm off. And yeah, no worries, mate. No worries. I'll, um, I'll just keep packing up in the morning, whatever it is. No worries. And then they, they don't quite go far enough away. Yeah, right. To the point where it's, if you really kind of looked, you'd just see him there and be able to wave at him. Right. Or maybe you can't see him because of the terrain, but uh, I specifically remember that this is not fun. It's not a fun story. I was, <clears throat> I was eating my breakfast and this actually happened. Oh yeah, see you mate. Off he goes. And then before he got back. I already knew about it. I just copped the the smell wafted through the through the campsite while I'm eating my breakfast. I just went, "Oh my goodness, mate! What the heck? Mate, that's got to be the worst thing ever." That should be on that list. It should be on that list. And I, I thought the name was pretty cool too. <clears throat> Tell us, have you got any more than the proximity pooper, the discotheque boy? And uh, what's the other one I said? The repacker. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty cool article. And it was listed under their beginner kind of uh, section yeah. in their blog. And I thought, that's actually a pretty good thing to teach beginners. A guide. <laughs> Don't do any of these things if uh -huh. you want to have friends who like hiking with you. Etiquette. <laughs> uh, Very good. This one's uh, this is quite a long article. Uh this is one of those almost like you're never too old sort of thing to to chip away at things. There's something I'd never heard of, which is, uh, it's called, let me just get it. Oh, well, this article's called How Louise Fairfax Overcame Grief to Become the Third Woman to Climb All of Tasmania's Ables. Now, to be honest, I didn't think that the article explained very well at all what the ables were. So I had to go and Google it. <clears throat> the ables are a, a very long um, mountain range, or like it's a connecting mountain range through Tasmania, and they incorporate many, many peaks. Right. So yep. somebody yep. who's an able... Abler, they call them. 
is basically a peak bagger of those mountains collectively in that region. Right. I think it's called the Able Range or something like that. I've probably got that wrong. That's the only one thing I didn't write in my notes. Uh, anyway, her story's very interesting, and it's not so much about... Um, so she had a... She, yeah, her hiking partner was her husband, I believe, and he had... Um, parkinson's disease and they continued to hike together and even to the point where her doctor uh, his doctor rather was saying yeah like just make sure you don't do anything strenuous and they basically he said oh you know i don't care i'm out <laughs> you know my days are numbered so he he kept smashing them out mm -hmm. um and she continued even after he he passed away and um, he actually went missing, um, which is very, very odd. It's a story in itself, I think. He went missing in 2017 when they were out for a walk in a forest. Um, he was about 150 metres behind her. Oh, it's very odd, isn't it? That's crazy. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> he's about 150 meters behind her and they smiled and waved at each other as he walked slowly and ate an apple um, and this, after the walk um, she never saw her husband again and his body was never recovered no way yeah he's just I guess he just um, got lost or I mean there's not really any explanation Hmm. That was a huge search effort by the state emergency service. Former students, teachers, members of various walking clubs. Um, yeah, and she says here, you know, he was the he was her soulmate, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, she'd done all of this this hiking with with him. Hmm. And uh, you know, she goes on to basically get back into her. So just to have a guess how many um, mountains, to say that you've completed the Ables, have a guess how many mountains you need to to have gone to the peak of. Jeez. Mate, I don't know. They'd be like... Give me a range. Just give me a range. Let's say 20. I'd, yeah, I'd say when I was reading this article... I was thinking somewhere around a dozen to to twenty, and then I googled the list, and there is one hundred and fifty eight. Jeez! So one hundred and fifty eight peaks that make up these ranges, and uh, yeah, the, but people just basically just tick them off. And you know what? You and I have done one. So we've only got 157 to go. All right. We did. Mount Oss is the yeah. first one on the list. Okay. And we walked past um, many others on that hike. Many others. We walked past about another 15 over those six days. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. So all the ones when we were going through valleys and you look up to the left and right, yeah, every one of those peaks is on this list. Yeah. So you know where we turn right to go to Ossa? Yep. Well, Pelion is left. on the other side. Yeah. That's one of them. Um, remember the lake we swam at? Yeah, yeah. In the background was Barn Bluff. That's yeah. one of them. Remember the Cradle Mountain hut? And we didn't do Cradle Mountain? Yeah. That's one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty epic. Anyway, she uh, she completed um, every single peak, 158 peaks, which is just mind-blowing. And she, she struggled to, um, after her husband disappeared, she struggled to find someone who was, I think as she puts it, what did she say? Something, someone is, yeah, it's hard to find people who want to do something horrific like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's, there's so many, there's photos of her and her talking about um, going across ice sections and right. uh, quite literally places where if you fall, you die and um, she said when she got to the last peak, now the last peak was uh, the Federation Peak. Yeah, right. Which, if you remember correctly, Federation Peak is what uh, Sir Edmund Hillary said was the only real mountain in Australia, like the only true mountain, the one that... yeah was serious and yeah, uh yeah. she did that one last also if you remember correctly i'm pretty sure that's the one that uh andy slozzy one of our guests did in that uh documentary that he was in yeah i've been thinking of him the whole time you've been telling this story mm. he'd, he'd be all over that yeah so he did federation peak and i remember from that that film it was scary mm. stuff, yeah, totally. like really scary stuff. So she did that last, which is it's kind of like um, um, Tom Fabry doing the Seven yeah, Summits, and he did like leaving Everest till last. Yeah. You almost feel like I think with some of those things, I'd prefer to go right. Tell me which is the hardest. That one, okay. Let's get that one done because if I can get that done, everything else should be. Pretty uh, easy. I haven't missed something. Tom's still training for that. He hasn't gone up, has he? No, he hasn't gone up. No, yeah, still. Right. I would assume that um, we'd know about COVID it. has had a big impact in travel yeah. and all those yeah. sorts of things. So, um, but I, now that things like borders and everything and travels opening up, I can probably see like, he still looks fit as a fiddle and he's training yeah. hard all the time. So. Yeah, I could see him making some uh, progress on that in the very near future. That's incredible. Yeah, mate. So if you want to, as I said, it's not like we're starting from scratch. We've done a peak already. Right. There's only 157 to go. <laughs> and, we'll fit um, that in. And yeah, we could just kind of knock a few of those over every now and then. No, that's a big effort. That's huge, eh? Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, this, I saw this, uh, I actually started doing a bit of research on, because of our, um, which we'll get into later, our situation in the rain. You know, I went through, I went through four rain jackets 
on that trip. Yeah. Uh, the fourth one didn't get saturated, um, but the first three did over the course of those couple of three days or something. Yeah. Purely from they got completely saturated. It's called wet out. Like if, if fabric gets wet out, it's right. completely saturated, which is why you get those situations where you're getting rained on and you think, God, I feel like I'm actually wet underneath and you check your shirt underneath or your arms is yep. wet because the idea of uh, rainwear is not that it, um, uh, like it's not meant to soak up water because any fabric that soaks up water will eventually let water through. It's meant to repel it, you know, like a water off a duck's back, for example. Mm. And when you do buy garments brand new, and they've never been washed, and they're straight from the manufacturer, you'll see that how well they repel water. And over the years, you just kind of get complacent. And right, uh, it's yeah. not until you... I noticed it a bit, because I wore the same jacket on the last um, Tasmania trip, and I did notice I was mm -hmm. getting a bit of... And we weren't even in rain, we were just in sleet, but I was getting a bit of water come through. Yeah, okay. I started to notice it. Um, yeah, so it's the complete saturation of uh, fabric. But I found a really cool video uh, from this YouTube channel called My Life Outdoors. I've never seen any of his videos, but boy, he did a really good job of explaining it and also explaining how to remedy it. Uh, and also he showed the same um, jacket, like one of his jackets that was older, and was wet out and then he is basically this um this stuff that you can wash it in and it mm. revitalizes the the fabric okay and then he puts it on and then well, he must have a hose or something on him and you can see that it just rolls off so it never actually gets a chance to accumulate okay but yeah on that trip um so i had yeah the jacket i was just wearing around on the first day got completely saturated i gave up trying to be dry <laughs> yeah, completely I just pulling out 75 jackets out i gave in yeah back of my car but uh and then i knew that the the second jacket i wore i knew that was going to wet out because i didn't have time to it's not even meant to be water repellent you have to wax it oh okay my yeah. fiala raven jacket actually has to be wasn't physically waxed yep, and then yep. I didn't get time to do it like all the shoulders and everything properly so it was only a matter of time before that happened but anyway I'm, I'm going to put that video in the show notes because it was really cool uh really simple fix and I'm definitely going to purchase some of the stuff that he recommended no, I'm keen to see that because I imagine there's more to it than just, you know, um, having a raincoat. I'm sure there's heaps of different, um, as you say, stages and how it lets water in. Yeah, I think we just get complacent and I try not to wash my rain jackets uh, for that reason. But inevitably, sometimes you sweat in them or you get them dirty and you have to throw them in the wash. And yeah, this stuff just simply goes in with the mm, wash yeah, and right. uh, comes out just like it did off the showroom floor. And yeah, so I'm definitely going to get some of that and get all my jackets back into shape. I'm kind of sick of getting wet after that trip. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, anyway, he, he had lots of cool videos. I'm surprised I've never um, discovered his channel before. And he's just real, he just presents really, really well and gets straight to the point. Completely the opposite of me. So that's good. Uh, a funny little... This is a funny video, Craig, I found. It only goes for about three minutes. But it's a very short micro-documentary on... Um, back in the 70s when this... Uh, <laughs> this this aeroplane flew through Yosemite Valley. Hmm. And there's all... You know, there's, there's a big climbing community there. And uh, as you're probably aware, the climbers are kind of like living out of their vans and they don't have much money and, um, yeah, they're just kind of wrap bags and whatnot and just only spend enough money to buy food and so they can climb as much as they want. Right. So this aeroplane flies through the Yosemite Valley and crashes into the lake, right into the lake. But the lake's frozen, so it's kind of like sticking up, and oh. and and on impact, it busts open, and the climbers were nearby. Oh, what the heck's going on? And they go and check it out, and it was a drug plane. Yeah, <laughs> and these bags. You think about a a big, old school Hessian sack of um, I don't know grain or you know like a big. Yeah. I'm talking a big bag, just massive bags of um, cannabis. Yeah, right. Just everywhere. Right. And so he said in this documentary, there was guys that were actually there at the time getting interviewed, which is really cool. And there's photos of of climbers and everything just with these bags. And right. they said that there was <laughs> climbers there that were buying houses with the money, like guys that have never had money in their entire lives and can't scratch together two coins in their pocket, um, are buying houses and cars and new vans and climbing equipment and just, they all banded together and they were taking chainsaws down and cutting the ice to try and oh, to get into the plane to get more and more and it more. It was their lucky day. And, and, some, and they said... Um, that was a really funny bit in it where they said that a lot of the cannabis had um, uh, airplane fuel on it. And right. so it kind of had this weird taste, but it would also um, self-combust sometimes. <laughs> so, but people kind of saw that as a novelty. So nobody, no, yeah, they, 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 didn't, that didn't turn off anybody. Um, yeah, they said like it would literally like self-combust and explode. And, yeah, uh, but people still bought it and didn't complain. And so it made people um, rich. It was just hilarious. Just a funny little video I found. And I thought it was pretty cool. So, yeah, I'll, I'll chuck that on there. I don't know where you find this stuff, mate. No, it's not like I spend my whole life on YouTube. I just, I, it just must know me really well, the algorithm and it, just what it spits <laughs> out. This is exactly what you need, Tom. Yeah, we know <laughs> what you want. <laughs> uh, speaking of knowing what I want, um, another YouTube channel I'd never, ever heard of is called Canoe the North. And a video popped up just last week, called Yukon Canoeing the Wild 
Nusutlan River. Nisutlan River. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's probably got an American twang to it. Or rather a Canadian twang. No, Alaskan twang. Where's the Yukon? I should know this. Mm. Forget I asked that. Uh, anyway, oh, it, it's a really cool video. And these guys really know how to... Like they just put such a cool video together. And they're this uh, like husband and wife team. And they take their two dogs. And they just canoe down these monstrous massive rivers with cliffs and mountain white cap mountains either side and just that's cool it's so opposite of where we live yeah it's right. just that quintessential kind of canoe trip footage beautiful and they really wrap it together they do a nice little production job on it it's, it's really entertaining and they're not short um you know, 10-minute clips either. This one, I think, from memory, was something like 45, 50 minutes. Um, oh. So there's heaps of cool footage, and the the guy does a lot of um, fly fishing and, you know, catches a little trout and stuff, and they'll cook that up while they're canoeing down these rivers. And when I went and looked at the channel, there's a series of other videos, which I haven't watched yet, but I'm really looking forward to um yeah, checking the rest of those out and yeah, just enjoying it. I mean, I basically sat down and watched it like it was a little documentary. Mm. It was it was really cool. Another good uh, find. Yeah, cool. yeah, really good. And I, like I said, it's not just um, that I found this one cool video. It's the fact that I know there's another, a few there, maybe even half a dozen to watch. So uh, the video itself was a great find, but also the YouTube channel. Now, before I get into our little adventure, a few episodes back I mentioned the trailer for 14 Peaks. came out as a Netflix film. Okay. It was um, a Nepali mountaineer embarks on a seemingly impossible quest to summit all 14 of the world's 8,000-metre peaks in a seven-month period. Oh, yeah. And I put the trailer on. I was pretty excited for it. And I'm, I'm going um, to annoy some people here. And Again, like you always yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, just, just for the fun of it. No, not for the fun of it. Uh, I was thinking about this today when I was just checking my notes, and I thought it's got to be okay to say you don't like something like it. This format that we do, if not, if not for us to give our honest opinion, then what are we? What are we here yeah, for? Yeah, mate, go for it. Tell us and, what it is. You know. And I, d I didn't like it. Okay. I did not like it, and I, and I'll stand by that statement. It too much, was too much snow. Um, yeah, it's just, I, there's too many mountains in this. There was 14 <laughs> mountains in, in they this. They overdid, over the top. I it, mean. They overdid it. Yeah, I know it's called 14 peaks, but just do five or six. <laughs> I don't need to see 14 peaks. I thought you were going to say that. I've seen one peak. I've seen them all, mate. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, this is a White Mountains footage for like oh, a whole hour and a half. Hell asleep after three. Rubbish. Uh, no, no, it's not true. It's not true. Yes, there was 14 peaks in it. Um, I didn't like it. 
I didn't like the, it was shot well and everything, but it, something didn't sit right with me about the the challenge and um, I don't know, I can't quite pinpoint it. I think it had something to do with his, it's going to sound horrible, his mother was sick at the time and he, um, his purpose was to do this to basically, for the Nepalese people, right, to, to prove that, to show that Sherpas were capable of anything and to to inspire young people to do stuff and inspire the rest of the world to do amazing things. And I think he, I think he succeeded in that. But at the same time, um, gosh, I don't know what conversation I'd have with the guy if he was sitting in front of me. I'd feel horrible saying that, that I don't, I, I wasn't quite in on it. I didn't buy into it. Like his his mother was sick, and he's obviously she said go go and do this thing. It's important you do this thing, but um, yeah, that was some quality time that mm. he could have spent with her. I don't know. It's a tough one, man. I didn't. There was things I didn't. It it, it was just so focused on do this thing as quick as you can, and um, it's. You know, I guess kind of pushing the limits of danger as well, mm. because to do that many peaks in in that amount of time is yeah, you couldn't understand why. You know, it didn't quite. I just I don't know. Something didn't sit right with me. I'd, Fair enough. I'd say I'd have to watch it again to work it out, but I really don't think I could watch it again. Uh, look, you know, tell me what you think about it, guys. Um, jump in on the podcast. Uh, facebook group because i'd be interested to see what other people thought remember the only other thing i've really um gone off about on this podcast was a long time ago when i read the uh book of what's it called um was it rock in a hard place or something oh sure remember that um the guy yeah. who got his... So they many, made the film out of it. So many hours. The film was 72 called... Hours, 72 hours. 72 yeah. hours, yeah. Uh, that pretty much the only other thing that I've ever said. I just really didn't like it. I didn't yep. like yep. it. And because I said that on the podcast, I got some people write to me. Um, a lady sent me an email and said, I, I'm so glad you said that because... Everyone's talking about this right. amazing book and this film, and she said I read the book and I was just felt like it was um, a bit reckless, just this wasn't it? reckless, and yeah, this, this yeah. guy's ego for the entire book. And another person said to me as well, "Oh, that book was just like someone's inflated ego." Right. The whole time, there's not even any acceptance whatsoever. Even at the end of the book, there was almost no acceptance of of the the outright kind of recklessness and stupidity involved and and how it could have endangered other people and it's sending the wrong message out that's why i've got a, such a problem with the uh and we have talked about this before you know the christmas candles the into the wild yeah film yep yep um romanticizing a guy that's essentially a bit of a sport brat um and who just wants to get away from it always i don't have a problem with that but he again was unprepared 
didn't have the right equipment, didn't have the right training, uh, went to this place and, and died. And people just only latch on to the parts that they want to latch on to of the story and how it was amazing. He was trying to find himself and so sad that he died. Absolutely sad that he died. I'm not going to argue that. But what's also sad is I think there was three other people died trying to go out to retrace his steps to get a photo at the bus. That's right. Because um, copycats. Well, sort of. Yeah, just trying to. Yeah, oh, that. I want to. I want to go do retrace his steps, and they died in the river. So there's a greater um, responsibility, you reckon, for some of these um, publications to sort of accept that they have people reading it, following it, watching. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things you got to do. That we've spoken about this. Um, oh, when we were sitting by the stream, we spoke about the. Yeah. Um, the dangers of people just listening to what you say and just not doing mm. their own research. Because they've moved that bus now to like a museum or something. Yeah. They literally, the military went in and chained it and picked it up and flew it out right. to try and stop people going, dying, visiting it. Um, mm. That's not going to stop people going to the location, but it'll definitely slow them down if they can just go get a selfie and drive there. Okay. Um, yeah, a bit of a tough one that, yeah, didn't, didn't enjoy that. I sat down excited and I left unfulfilled. Mm. (laughs) Craig, let us revisit the trip Uh, that was never meant to happen. Yes, mate. I'm just drying out now. I honestly just drying out. It took me a a week (sighs) and my car still stinks from the wet carpet oh wet. i had to leave the windows open for days and days honestly the whole you know experience of of being out there in that much rain for that many for that many hours and days and so forth i learned a lot i learned a lot about it about the wet mm. and how it gets everywhere and it's um a bit uncomfortable at times boy oh boy a quick recap as you would have heard in the last podcast, we sat down and went on and on and on and basically a whole podcast we spent talking about how responsible we were and then we sat here, we did a bit of editing, a bit of post-production, we were having a conversation, we had a bit of a snack and then we were checking the weather on mm. the national radar. Yep. And what we noticed was we had cancelled the hike based on the weather where we are, which is about, what's it, hour and a half, two hours from where the location was? Yeah. Hour and a half-ish. An hour and a half's drive. It was like, so a considerable distance. Yeah. What we noticed was the bottom of the storm cell was not hardly touching where we wanted to go so we cancelled the trip based on the rainfall of where we were in the studio getting smashed to pieces by constant rain it looked like it might be in the clear down there yeah and i mean technically it it was so we made an executive decision from roughly sort of six hours after we finished recording and said there's no rain down there i checked their rainfall for that day and it was hardly anything. So they weren't mm. getting the storm cell that we were. 
down the southern end of it. So we decided to, um, my car was already packed sitting out the front of Craig's place. We decided to jump in the car and I guess just see how far we'd get. But we knew that we'd have to change things up. So instead of um, planning to sort of hike out into that wilderness at night, we'd found this little campground on the side of the river where we could stop. And, uh, I mean, what was pretty cool was we got to have um, pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, literally I left my meal at home in the fridge yeah. um, and we went and got pizza. Yeah, that wasn't quite so rough in it, eh? No, it wasn't rough in it. So we threw the – we had our swags with us and we – what time did we get down there? Like about – 8 p.m. or something? Yeah. Yeah, we got the pizza yeah, and then we drove back to the campground and ate it. The shop was shutting at about 8, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we got, that's right, it was shut at 8. We got that and we went down and ate pizza and then we we threw our swags down yeah. in this little campground uh, with the idea that we would kind of assess it again in the morning, see if we thought it was still safe or we should head back home. And it it rained a lot that night, right? Yeah, it did. Like yeah. it rained. It wasn't super duper heavy, but it just didn't stop. And my, the seams on my swag started to leak. Yeah, you and, got wet. You got yeah. flooded, didn't you? Yeah, one corner. It was, and it was just from that constant drip, and it just accumulated and it soaked the bottom of the mattress, and it was dripping exactly in the middle of my body through the night, and it yeah. would wake me up. So I'd have to, I had to pull the sleeping bag over my waist so that it would drip on the sleeping bag and wet that instead of me, just so I could get some sleep. Yeah. So right, it got yeah. really, it was not fun, um, but it could have been a lot, lot worse. Yeah. But how's that river? We were eating pizza and I said, that river sounds really um, mm. kind of high and rough. And it was nighttime by this stage. Yeah. So we kind of walked down there and in the darkness we can see this raging torrent. Yeah. yeah. And it was the exact same river that supposedly upstream yeah. we were meant to cross it about three times on this hike. Yeah. And I said to Craig, I'm pretty sure we won't be doing that in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when we saw it in the light of day, my gosh, it was roaring. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't do anything stupid like that. Uh, we decided that well, first things first, we had to go get a coffee. Yeah. Again, another, not that we don't have coffee on the hike, but we got to cruise down to an actual cafe in town. Yeah, yeah. And discuss our options. Mm. That's when we decided that we would, I don't know, still still keep plugging away and trying to get some outdoor time. <laughs> yeah, but for, for a bit of context... Um, as we were going, it was starting to unfold that um, Brisbane, where we live, was having serious uh, flood damage. Houses exactly. were getting washed away. Yeah, that, that stuff was televised around the world. Yeah. Because I, I got friends and listeners from around the world saying, are you guys safe? Sending us DMs saying, yep. I hope you guys are safe. And, and it was like just that. getting worse. Yeah, yeah. So we're down there right on the just on the bottom edge of this storm cell 
But then in the back of our heads, we're kind of thinking, well, it's not just about where we are now. It's about what's happening back home. <laughs> and yeah. parts of, like Craig was, we had phone reception down there and Craig's saying, check this out. This is two suburbs away from my house and these businesses are going under. Totally. And uh, so, yeah, it was a little bit, it was kind of, I was weird. It was just surreal because we weren't getting that much rain down there that it was really of any concern. But to think that back home, so I was kind of checking in with home. Is everything okay? Yeah, we're all good. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, um, everything's cool. Because school had been shut down That's right. um, earlier that day. So all kids got sent home. Because mm. um, the street that my kids' school in went under. Yeah. About a foot of water. Uh, so yeah, it was a bit weird. And yeah, anyway, we decided to go and check out this place called Benabara, which I'm sure many, many people are familiar with. It's, what would you say, the eastern eastern side of Lamington National Park. Yep. yep. And a beautiful place. Um, lots of tons of rainforest. Yeah. And... One of our goals, I guess, was to try and get some footage and uh, this is a bit of a side project Craig and I are working on and to get some um, some audio of rain in a rainforest. What better opportunity. Exactly. So we were kind of... some microphones out in the, in the rain. <laughs> in the rain. The most expensive microphone... Yeah and cameras we have <laughs> let's take them in the, one of the biggest storm cells of the last 10 years why not and we kind of said when well, over coffee we said well we said we wanted to get this stuff in the rain then if not now when like, when are we gonna yeah we're just gonna keep complaining that it's raining and we can't do it so we decided to forge ahead and uh, yeah, went up to this place. But even on the way up, there was remember there was like a couple of mini, like boulders had come down on the on yeah, the road and yeah. smashed on the road. Yeah, yeah, got to watch that. Drove a few around a few little rocks and little bits of landslides. Yeah, little could, landslides could, and could, stuff. And we could get trapped up there too. Th- that's the other thing too. Is I was well aware that while we're up there, and it has happened up there before, they'll get a landslide that'll destroy the road, and you basically. Mm. You're not getting through there for a month until they fix it. Mm. So, yeah, we we took some calculated risks, um, and the the power was out up there when we got up there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So we were trying to book in, uh, and they couldn't book us into this little campground. <laughs> we were the only people. We were only people there. The campground. Yeah, we were the only people there, and basically because we decided at that point that it wasn't safe to be staying out in. Um, in the wilderness overnight because we wouldn't have contact with the real world. We wouldn't be able to monitor the weather. We wouldn't be able to keep in touch with home and make sure that everything was okay up here. So we decided to stay in another campground that night, but use it as a base camp and go and do our filming. And uh, we did a we did a fantastic little hike though, didn't we? Yeah, that day um it was uh i wrote it i didn't write it down i typed it here it's called the hang on that's with t. Just, yeah talawal talawalal or talawalai 
I can't quite see that. I've got to zoom in. <laughs> Where is it? Tulla. Oh. Tulla Wallal Circuit, I believe. Right. And uh, it's this little hike that, well, it's not a little hike, it's a good size hike. And it links you up to this pocket of beach, Antarctic beach trees at the this little summit. So you keep walking and then you do this kind of spiral loop at the end and you end up yeah. on this summit and in amongst these beach trees. Yeah. And uh, I did a bit more research on that, Craig, and it said that that patch of Antarctic beach trees is the northernmost patch in the whole of this country for those sort of trees for that sort of trees like that's the the most north they've ever found those trees is there so that's pretty cool like you can go mm. there and get uh get that close to them that was um and it's also they're one of the remaining links with the ancient forest of gondwana so yeah, real quite fascinating that that little pocket of beech trees is yeah is is there. There's a nice little spooky section, especially with the it, fog and the. It was the yeah, rain the rain. Down. And we just got we just got there and realised we were at the summit, and it was this um, beautiful boulders covered in moss, and uh, as Craig said, like almost um, I don't know, Lord of the Rings esque yeah, kind of little pocket of. Mm low cloud cover and yeah it was, it was awesome. cool we did, did a bit of a scout around and and uh i thought that was a, a great hike uh and one we'd never never ever done mm. we've been in that area before but we've gone past past that turn off because we've been on on a bigger hike a multi-day hike and yeah we had gone past it yeah, yeah another destination in mind but that's when it started to come down in buckets. Boy, so. oh boy. There's a bit of footage that Craig took on his phone, and it's on Instagram already. And he's sort of filming as he's walking up the trail behind me. And if you have a look at it, uh, as I did obviously when I edited it, it looks quite wet, the trail. That's but on that the way was, there. That's exactly what I was that's about to say. There, is yeah. That's before it rained. When it started actually raining, all of that turned into a flowing stream down the trail. Yep. And it was bucketing down, absolutely pouring. We were getting smashed. Uh, it was cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Some of these things, and I've, I've said it um, many times in the podcast, is it's an experience. And whilst it might not be the most pleasant, it is an experience, yeah. and to be in a rainforest when it's raining that heavy is, you know, a bit of an opportunity. I don't think we would have got that had we not persevered. Mm. So even just that hike, I feel like kind of paid off. Yeah. Um, the little risks that we were taking kind of I, paid off. But I don't remember any time where I've done quite that experience of heavy rain in a rainforest and and walking for for over an hour or two that was that was awesome yeah I, I, if no i'd agree i don't believe if I've, you haven't tried it yeah 
Go and do it. it even, is, even if you don't go a, a long distance, you just go get out in the rain. Just go half a kilometer in the rainforest and sit somewhere and just be there. It's awesome. It's yeah. different. Yeah, it was. Yeah, as I said, pretty cool experience. I said to Craig, uh, "We'll never forget that." Like, no. She's not going to forget that. It was so cool. Despite what happened to me. Um, oh, we'll get there. <laughs> oh, boy, oh boy, listeners. Oh, no. You're just about to tune out, turn this episode off. Think again. <laughs> uh, no, that, that was a cool hike. That was a cool hike. Um, and then we, as Craig was saying before, we were setting up these microphones in the rain and everything's wet. Your hands are wet. The bag's wet inside the bag. Like, everything's wet. You can't. No, you can't get dry. When your hands are that saturated, you can't even dry them mm. on something dry because they just feel, they're mm. just clammy. And we're using all this expensive audio gear and cameras and just getting everything wet, trying to lean over our gear yeah, yeah. while we're doing it to mitigate direct rain. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was not fun, but... I remember there was one stage and you were trying to take a photo and... It was, the water was, was coming off the brim of your hat, just running Straight onto, onto the, the, the like lens. A, yeah. Like a waterfall onto the lens. Yeah. And going, oh man, this ain't good. Yeah, you said, is your lens waterproof? Yeah. And I said, no. Nah. Oh, well. Um, but like I said, yeah, at the time, I mean, you, you can't, well, at least I feel like you can't sort of cotton wool your, your gear if, you, if you're buying it to go and get, which by the way, the photograph that I took, yeah, of course, was really good. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the the shot that I got from that was it. up on and that on that little um, mossy section. Um, yeah, I remember. We oh, up. yeah, that one's not posted yet, but there was the other one I got early on the trial. Oh, I saw like, that. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get, but that yeah, you're right. That wasn't when it was the rain was dripping on it. But yeah, my point being, you you've got to. If you want to get those shots and that footage, you, you unfortunately going to have to deal with the the um, consequences. And yeah, yeah, it's all good. I I dried it off later, um, but we decided to have dinner in the little uh, camp kitchen, hmm. which is when Craig uh, came up to me <laughs> and said something along the lines of. Have I got something in my eye? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I was pretty sure I had a little thing in my eye. Yeah, and uh, I just feel like every single podcast is just <sighs> you getting a leech on you. <laughs> another, another uh, hike, another, another uh, course of antibiotics. Another leech. <laughs> so Craig walks over to me, and I still—I don't think we've had a conversation about it. Um, since then, I still commend myself on <laughs> secretly on how kind of stoic my response was. You're pretty calm. I was because I knew that if I freaked out, it would freak you out. So yeah, I just yeah, kind yeah. of went like, "Ah, oh, he's got a little uh, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> you just got a little leech in your eye, mate. It's all good." <laughs> and uh, so yeah, Craig has this leech on his tear duct of his yeah. eye. And what we can kind of gather between the two of us, obviously he's the one that had it, 
was that we think that we spoke so extensively about salt in the last episode and how they cannot stand salt. Mm. I think that your eye must have watered or it, it's got on that tear duct and flicked off. And, and then once it's got that salt from your mm. eye, that's when it started to come off and that's when you noticed it. Yeah. Was not when it was trying to get you, but rather you felt irritation, you were rubbing it and then it got salt water on it. Yeah. And it was coming off because by the time you walked over to me and said, if I got, and I said, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's just a leech. It just dropped straight to the ground. It, it was done. It was done then. And because uh, I think it had been there for a little while. Yeah, well, it was very small. Like it hadn't. Oh, um, okay. It wasn't engorged or anything. It was very, very small. Very skinny, very small. Oh, good. So I think it didn't take long. But I mean, not that that made any difference to you. <laughs> so, no. No. So we, uh, yeah, so we had our dinner. That yeah. was pretty good. We had the leech in the eye, which is, I mean, I just. Um, we saw a giant I worm about that, that stage. Oh, that's, ex yeah, pretty yeah. much just up before or after was, and I was thinking, I'm glad the leech wasn't that big. Yeah. So we would have lost an eye. <laughs> But I'd just been, I was kind of halfway through season two of uh, Stranger Things. So seeing that black, like, <laughs> slug come out of your eye, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have nightmares about this. It's not cool. Uh, well, I don't even know how you got it. Like, it must have got on your hair or your... No, because I had that hat that I was wearing in the rain, and I'd put it down a couple of times while we were messing with the microphones, and I'm oh, pretty sure it on got the ground. It would have jumped on the hat. Oh yeah, and then you've put it on the head. And it's... I only got one other bite on my leg, and there weren't as many leeches as that previous trip we did when I got several bites. Which was funny because it was nowhere near as wet. You know, almost yeah. I almost felt like they had a more difficult time in that torrential rain of getting on you. That's right, because they're just. Getting washed away, I guess. So, to get one in that... So, you got two that trip. Yeah, I did get a bite of my leg. Yeah, I but... got I got one. Yeah. Which I didn't know until I got home uh, that... When was that? The next day, after what we're talking about now. Yeah, the next day. I got home, dropped you home, and I think I must have got it when I was packing up the... Packing up the hammock in the morning. Yeah, right. Because the time I got home and I just all my clothes were wet and dirty I got home to get in the shower and I, as I took my jeans off on the back of my calf just the remainder there a, the bite yeah was some blood trickling down and a little bite yeah and uh, so I reckon yeah I obviously had it on me in the car or something but yeah I only got one bloody leeches yeah so this is where we there was a cool little place there um, where you can kind of go indoors and it's got a little reading kind of attic and we sat in the warmth there they had a fireplace and we I was wiping my camera gear down and we were kind of drying off and recharging batteries and mm. um, yeah, just had a really good chat there talking my, about a few things I felt a bit funny like it did feel a little bit heavy but it was it Vi was okay visibly there was no no problem it didn't look like you no. just it just looked completely, I was, you know, when I saw that little tiny leech fall off, I thought, man, that thing's only just, had a it's go. hardly touched you and it's 
touched some salt and dropped off. So no problem. I mean, it was not a concern whatsoever yeah. um, at that time. And through the night, it just started pouring down, didn't it? The rain was just nonstop. Yeah. And that's when I was, I'd wake up like as I said ten times through the night, and every time I woke up, it was just um, pouring. But thankfully. I had packed my hammock for if we did go hiking and I managed to set it up instead of using my swag. So yeah. I was bone dry the second night. Yeah, I was. And I couldn't yeah. have been more grateful. <laughs> so then your swag was, I guess, wet out. Yeah, wet out at last, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and as soon as you started getting rain the second night, you just started getting leaks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it came in... Yeah, actually, through the through the the window, I just I don't know. It was splashing. The water oh, was just right. like splashing yeah, in, right. more than I thought. I thought surely not, but I believe it was. Oh wow! Yeah, it was actually interesting, splashing yeah. in through the windows. Yeah, mine was definitely coming in on the seams. You should have seen like uh, if you're not familiar with um, canvas swags uh, or even the terminology of a swag, it's like a canvas tent that you roll up, and there's something called seasoning which is the same as kind of when you prepare a, a camping pot or something and you you deliberately um get it coated in oil or whatever well not that you coat your swag in oil but <laughs> seasoning a swag is a, is getting it soaking wet in yeah. the, in the hot sun and letting the fabric shrink and then getting it soaking wet again and then letting the hot sun bake it and shrink the fabric yeah and doing it again and again. And, and I did that one about three times. Yeah. But I didn't focus on the seams. I was just wetting all the canvas. And when I got home that week, mm. man, I I punished that swag. Yeah, it was, I was a good chance. Because... Yeah, it was, the sun came out. And yeah. I was getting the hose on jet and forcing it into the seams and I could see the water coming out the other side, and then I'd let it bake for yeah. like four hours in the sun, and then I'd go back and smash it again. <laughs> That's so what it needs. Now it's um, it's only half its length, and I can't fit in it. But <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what, it's watertight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let me tell you how I woke up on that last morning. Oh, yeah. I woke up, first of all, I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't said this to you, but... And I haven't said sorry. I woke up with a fright. Yeah. Because I don't know if you thought maybe because I was asleep or if it was raining and I couldn't hear you or something, but you must have, I don't know, it felt like you were about this far away that we are now, about two meters away. You've walked up and gone really quite loud. You're like, hey, Tom, you away? And <laughs> holy heck man this is at what 5am or something and I've just almost exploded out of my um, hammock and scared the living bejesus out of me uh, that was the first thing and then what did you say something like I think I've got a problem or something or yeah I just I said man my eyes um, my eyes swelling blown up, up. yeah and I'm, up. and I'm thinking <laughs> okay you it might be just like getting a little bit, um, a bit of swelling like underneath or something. And yeah. uh, but I, as soon as you woke me up, I knew it was going to be that leech. 
I yeah. just knew it. as soon as I woke up. But a few seconds I collected myself and I knew what the next thing you were going to say was. Uh, it was one of two things. I thought you were waking me up to say, oh, dude, I've just looked on my phone and the, there's been a landslide and we can't get home. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you kind of had this like panic tone. Or I was thinking, oh, no, he's got the, the leech fight. And sure enough, th this was the second time in <clears throat> basically in 12 hours that again, I was impressed with my um, my stoicness because when, when I got out of the hammock <laughs> and said, all right, let me have a look at you. And he, and he kind of turns around and looks at me like I could have easily gone, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like the elephant man oh. looking at me. And I remember just being like, stay calm, act cool. And like, yeah, you got a bit of swelling there. I mean... Yeah, you get that thing hanging off the side of your face, <laughs> a little bit of swelling. Honestly, you look like he'd been elbowed in the in the face in a in a um, cage fight. Yeah, uh, it, it was almost completely closed. See, I didn't I didn't have a mirror, so well, oh, I'm so glad. Uh, I had to take a photo of myself <laughs> <laughs> in my with, swag, a with, selfie with one eye, <laughs> just to have a look, because I couldn't open it. I couldn't. It was it was scary because I all of a sudden realised there was something wrong. So do you? Because we haven't had this conversation. That's no. what's great about this podcast. <laughs> so talk me through what happened before you were um, yelling at me in my hammock. Did yeah, you? Did you wake up five minutes before I, I was so waking up? Did you just wake up to go to the toilet or or daybreak? Or well, no, I woke up. I was feeling fine, and then I've realised that your eyes are all my, heavy. My eye was actually a bit. Yeah, heavy and sore and a little bit itchy. And I just oh, went, no. I went, that's the eye that shouldn't be feeling like that. Oh, no. And I felt it and I felt with it your was, hand. with my hand. It was oh, puffy. Oh. And then I took my phone out, turned it to like selfie mode. <laughs> yeah. And and took a photo with flash because I couldn't. It was still dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, um, and then looked, looked at back it with your, and I went, with your good oh, eye. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you did look like a mutant like it wasn't it was not pretty yeah yeah at yeah. all i'm gonna show you the photo man did you keep it That's yeah crazy. I, I don't think anyone <laughs> wants to see it but i do um yeah because i didn't show my you goodness it was significant and oh my god that's that's a selfie hideous <laughs> It's hideous. It's very um. It, a lot of it's in the top, <laughs> the top of the eye, isn't it? The top lid. Yeah, it was just the big top eyelid. Just, yeah, just I didn't realize. Up. I was doing my bear grills. Do you remember when he got bit by um all those bees? Bees in the desert. Yeah, you always have to one up bear, don't you? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I stick a leech in my eye, I'll have a cool photo. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Yeah. I just said to Craig. Nothing wrong with you, mate. He You're said, all good. You're all good, Shut mate. up and go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I said, I'm going to get you some um, antihistamines straight away. So, yeah, I gave him a double dose and um, it was it was really good, actually, because well, we got those into you straight away and then we said, just let's pack up. It's time to get out of here. It's rained all night. We started getting worried about being the ability to get home so um we ducked into town 
Oh, no, that we didn't duck straight and down. We tried to get home first. Yeah, we couldn't. We just, we got down and there was no rock slides or anything. There was just a few. I mean, I wouldn't even say there was extra boulders than the day before. No, we were It was pretty good. much the same as yep. when we drove up there. But then we started trying to head out towards the highway, which is down back roads through quite steep terrain. And that's when we got to this point where they'd blocked off the road. And my gut feel there was that that was um, a rock slide because if you like the roads literally carved out of the side of a mountain. Yeah. And I reckon that's what that was. Probably. Yeah. So we did a U-turn. That was after about fair drive too. Yeah. So we did a U-turn there and drove back and coincidentally the point of which where we would take another route was only a few minutes from town so we ducked back into the town and grabbed coffee. a coffee yeah uh well i grabbed it because i didn't want all the old elephant man coming in with me <laughs> yeah i couldn't and, i couldn't be seen like i've got tinted windows and as i well. knew you had some sunglasses if i had yeah to, exactly yeah. it's like we'll put these on if, even if you're going to talk to me <laughs> yeah so and then i decided to fill up on fuel as well because i at this point, we didn't know. Well, there was definitely roads blocked, overflowing with water. Yeah. So we didn't know how many detours we we're going to have to take, and I didn't want to take any risks. Mm. So yeah, sure enough, there was um, as we were driving, like some of the spectacular sights we saw. Mm. Remember when we were driving along, and then the left-hand side of the road was just this raging torrent going through people's farms and. Yeah. curving around like that was fascinating it's insane i remember saying yeah i've never even, i didn't even know there was a creek down there yeah previously so much water insane and there was another road that was off to the right which was as i was driving i looked down this street and down the bottom of the hill i could just see like a meter of water going over this bridge holy yep. heck and that's when we kind of thought are we going to get home but the route we took we got all the way there oh and that's what i wanted to say as well by this stage it was sort of an hour after i'd given you those antihistamines yeah and your eye came right down like significantly smaller like yeah because really happy to, to see be honest because i was really trying to open it and yeah. it sort of gets a fold then. Yeah. And it kind of was looking a lot better once I was able to open it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looked heaps better. I remember because <laughs> it was your left eye. And so. No. Is it, no, your right eye. Either way, I, I don't kind of look at you while I'm driving. Yeah, yeah. And I remember at one point saying, oh, how's your eye going? And you've looked over and I'm going, oh, wow, that's actually really good. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's going to get you through. <laughs> yeah. So that was lucky. And then we didn't have any, uh, didn't have to do any detours, except I think I might have told you in a message after I dropped you off, I had to do a detour on the highway going home. Be oh, because you? there was a on the highway. It was flooded. Yeah, you know. Um, oh, the kabulcha. Uh, no, no, no. Like down at Aspley. Oh right. Yeah, I couldn't even get onto the highway. I had to go around, and then on the detour, 
heart, one lane was shut from water as well. So that mm. wasn't far from going under. Then I got up near my place and I know that area pretty well. So I, di- I didn't go certain ways because I mm. know there's places that go under real quick. Yeah, right. And then I got home and then two hours later, the end of my street where I drove in went under. So it was well, can I tell timed you that well. My Sunday afternoon. Can I tell you what was happened? That, oh, the same. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, tell us that because we haven't spoken much about that. Okay, so this was the pouring rain. This was the day where here where I live, it was just coming down so heavy and so fast. We actually um, recorded the most rainfall in a day that this this part of um, Brisbane's ever seen. So they, well, they say that anyway. And it was... Um, flooded in through this studio here so i had to that's right um pull everything that you see right now was out into the other room and i had to be mopping the floors so this is after you'd just gone yeah right and left me here i had to yeah mop this several times just to keep it from coming up and it went through out underneath the tv out there through the wall into the big room so um dramas and by the end of the day my eye was was starting to throb, <laughs> and it was it was um, it was looking. I was scaring the kids like they were really worried, and um, well, I saw it. It scared me. <laughs> Anyone else to look at that? And so I went to the hospital, and they um, oh, I had to wait a while, and and there was yeah, no one could get to the hospital because of the bloody rains and stuff. So it was crazy times. But they, yeah, they said definitely that's some sort of, they call it like a cellulitis or some sort of crazy infection of the eye and I had to take antibiotics. Unbelievable. So, yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I was speaking to um, to Josh about it on, we were just chatting, um, texting each other. And I said to him, I, I've, because he said, oh, do you think that, um, you know, the, the, the leeches that bit Craig were kind of, uh, because it's rained so much and the water's dirty and everything, do you think that might have been what affected him? And I said, no, I don't believe that's the case because I got bitten as well. On both trips, I got bitten as well. Yeah. No dramas. I think... And what he said the same thing as I was thinking it mm. is there's something that can happen when you get exposed too much to a certain toxin and your body can build up such a almost like an unhealthy fear of it mm. that it when it happens it freaks out and reacts as if it's something really bad. And we were both talking about because I said, oh, yeah, that's interesting because remember that time you got flogged by like 100 leeches? Yeah. It's kind of been since then that you've had the problem, right? There's yeah, a word for we it. Can, yeah. We, a, well, what did, did any doctor say anything about it? For me? Yeah, like did has any doctor given you any theory whatsoever? Like why, why do you get bitten on the foot? now and it blows up but years ago you got bitten a hundred times and nothing happened mate i could have some <laughs> condition where i'm you know predetermined predisposed to blowing up from these bites 
But, you know, I had several bites that weekend and only one of them got seriously infected. And I think anyone who got bitten on the eye is likely to have a reaction. I don't think it's an allergy as much as I think it was just a, a like you'd call it um, like a bacterial sort of reaction. I don't think it's just me that would get that. But you might be right. You guys might say, that uh, guy, he always blows up when he gets bitten by a leech. I'm just trying to find... Yes, I was going to say the word anaphylactic. No, I didn't not. want to say it without just checking if that's what he said. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, because he was saying that he used to work with this girl. You know, he works in the out, outdoor industry, yeah, forestry sure. generation. Yeah, yeah. And you know those jumping ants, the ones that have yeah, smashed me, me about, before? Yeah. Like, they're horrific. Yeah. Well, she works in, in forest regeneration as well. And when she first used to get bitten by those jumping ants, was not a problem at all. Like, it hurts and you deal with it and you work on but from working so many years, she's been bitten again and again and again. And now she has to carry um, one of those EpiPens because if she gets bitten by the same ant that 10 years ago would have just been sore, she yeah. now goes into anaphylactic shock. There's, there, there is definitely a, a thing I've definitely read about where people can seemingly benign things yeah if it happens a lot their body will create this problem that doesn't need to be there it's yeah i would be open to that idea i think i'm also i think i got fairly like sensitive skin and stuff and i can quite easily rash up if i'm working in the garden and stuff yeah. so it might just be but i mean but the thing is the thing i can't get past is there's two <laughs> there's two major pieces of what I would term scientific evidence. <laughs> One is I get bitten on both trips that you have to get antibiotics and nothing happens to me. <laughs> yeah. And the other piece of evidence we have is you got bitten by 100 leeches and had zero reactions. At that stage. How yeah. can you get 100 leeches a few years ago yeah. and have zero zero reactions and then get one leech bite and just totally and this is consecutively mm. what was that within a month of each other yeah the yeah. story the, the the way it's going to roll out is the next time you get a leech bite we'll what see. what happens because there's absolutely no way that um if yeah. it's a pure coincidence, like why did it happen like that? Yeah, I, I might it's, have. A, it's a prone to react to that now. He did. Now I don't want to go about it on about it in the podcast, but he did give me some um, information that he's picked up because that does a great thing about Josh. Is he worked so much in the outdoors where they get bitten by ticks and leeches and all sorts of stuff that yeah, they yeah, all yeah. have there. Um, education on it yeah exactly yeah, right. so he gave me the name of this stuff that i'll forward to you that he said mm. um would probably help keep them at bay and you can actually wash your clothes in it i think it's called parenthian or something oh right 
Just and, like a repellent of sorts. Yes. Yep. Um, and so, you, yeah, you can put all your hiking clothes and socks and stuff in and do a wash in that right. before you go hiking. Does it repel people as well? Um, well, I mean, you're quite capable of doing that yourself. <laughs> I don't think you actually need to wash your... I mean, if you don't wash your stuff, you're probably going to repel people. <laughs> Look, I've decided I've had a few chats with the family. I'm just not going to go outdoors anymore. He's not going to. I mean, that's the. I was going to say that, that if you want, that's the absolute surefire way of never having this problem again. <laughs> that's what you're just getting to. Stay yeah. inside. That's what you're getting at. And um, just go to the show notes and just watch all the videos. Yeah. Of other people doing outdoor stuff. <laughs> <laughs> other people just playing with leeches. Yeah. Like it ain't no thing. So, yeah. So, yeah, to wrap up the podcast, <laughs> uh, this will be our last podcast because Craig's not going to have any more outdoor stories. Ah, oh, It's sad. It's sad. That is actually the end of everything. No, not everything. Just this once. Oh, good. This is one podcast. Okay. Thanks for everybody who has been there from the start to get to 40 podcasts. I think is not is not any uh, small feat, and it's been quite a few years we've been chipping away at this. Uh, and thanks. I mean, if you're still listening at the end of this marathon, wow, you you deserve a medal. Yep. That's about all I've got to offer Craig oh I guess the moral of the story is we got home safely um, we <laughs> totally did a 180 degree on what we said in the other podcast but I will say that we did calculate every decision and I mean we were pretty adamant about that we basically said every single water crossing we get to we'll make a yeah. a group decision if one person's not comfortable we go home I'm not taking any risks in the car I'm not taking any risks in the on the trail. Uh, and we stuck by that and we, we did all right. We did all right, I reckon. We did all right. Had we a, got some cool stories. Had a great time. We got some good footage. Uh, I saw a giant earthworm that I never would have seen. That's right. I saw your face and your eye that I never would have seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, goodness. I don't want to see that again. Not again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Thanks for everything. Have an absolutely fantastic day, night, week, or whatever. Talk to you soon. See you later. See ya. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, we'd really appreciate your ratings and comments if you can spare the time. If you'd like to know more about Hike or Die TV and keep track of our adventures around Australia, make sure you drop by hikeordie.com. That's where you'll find all the information you'll need to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or Pinterest. As always, we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.